happy to see you guys this morning. My, my son always says it's fantastic to see all you people. So we are so glad to see you. And you're going to look at me and say, Dwayne, you look a little lost today. It's because I'm a little lost today. Um, I, I appreciate all your prayers. We we feeling much better than we were last Sunday. Um, but my wife has got the crud. And uh, for her not to be here is a big deal. Uh, and I, I want to just stop before I go any further and, and give a, just a big shout out to this worship team who rallied in her absence. Didn't they do an awesome job? Um, but it is a little weird for me not to be here with, with my wife. So I, I, I think that's good that it's weird, right? Okay, so we're jumping into week two of our Advent series. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm, uh, my voice is better than it was last week, but this is about all I got. So when, when the Holy Ghost gets on me and I get loud, you'll know it's the Holy Ghost, right? So I'm glad you're here. Um, I love this time of year. I love to celebrate Advent because we, we told you last week, Advent is really three things. Advent is a celebration of the past. Um, any, anybody just love this time of year when we celebrate the baby in the manger and we celebrate the angels announcing and proclaiming his birth. You, do you love this time of year? Because I do. Yeah, I, I, love, I, I love the manger scenes and I love the live nativity scenes. I love to celebrate what was. But how many know that the Christmas season, the Advent season is really not just about what was? Because how many know that Jesus is still quite alive? Right? He's still here among us. So it's not just a celebration of the past, but it's the comfort that we know in Christ today, in the present. And uh, I, I hope, and I, I'm just going to stop and just tell you, if, if you don't know Jesus, uh, you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, and you don't, you're not walking with Christ, I want to tell you that, that he's much more than a baby in a manger. He's a living, live powerful risen savior and he's good and if you don't know him man i'm just going to invite you to fall in love with him his name's jesus and he'll change your life so it's it's a it's a celebration of the past it's it's the comfort of the present and and it's an anticipation for what's coming how many believe and know that this world is not our home that that the same jesus that was born in a manger and that gave his life on the cross of Calvary, and that rose again on the third day, is coming again. Three of us believe that. He's coming again. Amen. And so this Advent season, every time we do an Advent series, we're really celebrating four things. We're celebrating the hope of Christ, and the love of Christ, the joy of Christ, and the peace of Christ. Last week, we talked about the hope of Christ. And listen, how many are, are thankful that, that the hope that we find in Jesus isn't, you know, I, I hope that you know, the Falcons are going to win today because they're probably not. You know, it's not some, yes, no, they're probably not. It's, it's not some just wishful thinking that the hope we have in Christ is strong and secure. And, and the hope that we have in Christ is a firm foundation. And that's what we talked about last week. We said, do you see what I see? Last week we said, I see hope. And today, <clears throat> I see love. I see love. When I look at the Advent season, I see love. And I, I'm going to take you to a passage of Scripture that 
that isn't a Christmas passage. But it talks of, Paul is talking to a church, the Colossian church, and, and he's, he's all up in their business. How many know it's okay for sometimes for preachers to get up in your business a little bit, right? And, and he's talking to them about, about greed, and he's talking to them about sexual immorality, and he's talking to them about all this stuff that's going on in their church. And then he makes this powerful statement at the very end. And he says, over all these virtues, in other words, yes, it's important that, you're, that, you, that your morality is in, in check and that you're, that you're generous and not greedy. And he says, over all of these things, over all these virtues, put on love. Why? Why? That binds them all together in perfect unity. In other words, how many know we can get all the other stuff right? All the other things right but if our hearts haven't experienced and encountered the great majestic love of christ it's just noise in fact paul told the corinthian church it's just a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal so we're going to talk about god's love expressed to us this advent season and so i i, I want to start by asking this question any Anybody love Christmas music? <clears throat> Couple of anybody start listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving? Can I tell you about a, a great compromise in the lighthouse? Because my wife would listen to Christmas music and she's watching online and not sitting in front, so she can't mouth off at me. <clears throat> I will pay for that this afternoon. The compromise we made is that before Thanksgiving, we can play Christmas music as long as it's just instrumental. No lyrics until after, uh, until after Thanksgiving. So guess what happens as soon as the turkey gets cold? At the, the Christmas music starts. So we're going to play a little game, have a little contest, and uh, there are no prizes. But we're just playing for fun, okay? So I'm, gonna, I'm going to read to you some lyrics, and you're going to shout back at me, the title of the song, okay? Are, are you ready? Here we go. We're snuggled up together like two birds of a feather would be. <laughs> Sleigh ride. Sleigh ride. <clears throat> oh, okay, here we go, here we go. So, so get, get, you got the idea of snuggled up together, okay? You got that part? Okay. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, let it snow. Let it snow. Very good, very good, very good. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. Let's try another one. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree. Anybody want to do it in your Elvis voice? Oh. Oh, That's all you're getting. That's all you're getting. Please have snow and mistletoe. I'll be home for Christmas. You guys are catching on to this. Let's do a couple more. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple rocking around the Christmas tree from the cheap seats. I'm just kidding. In the meadow, in the meadow, we can build a snowman and pretend that he is Parson Brown. 
He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no man. What's the song? It is not Frosty the Snowman. Walking in a way. Okay, how many of you got none of them? Got none of them? Okay, this one's for you. All I want for Christmas is you. The song is, All I Want for Christmas is You. I gave it to you. Oh, my gosh. Do you notice a little trend here with all those songs? They're all sappy love songs wrapped in Christmas. In fact, the Valentine's Day people would like you to believe that February 14th is really the love holiday. But do you know what day more people are engaged than any other day of the year? Christmas Eve. Want to know what's second? Christmas Day. Want to know what's third? New Year's Eve. Valentine's Day is not even in the top three. It's four. So, Christmas is the love holiday. Now, my wife is not here. And I get in trouble every year because I, I make fun of cheesy Hallmark movies. So I'm not going to do that this year, even though they are cheesy and they are all the same. All of them are the same. So, but we're, we're just going to leave that alone. And I, I'll tell you what I'm going to pick on today. It's the, it's the cheesy commercials where husband or wife decides to present to his wife or her husband a car <laughs> in a boat. Can I tell you what that would look like at my house? We would walk outside, and it wouldn't matter if I gave it or she gave it. We would walk outside, see the brand new $60,000 vehicle in the driveway, and somebody would say, have you lost your mind? There'd be no romance. Now, Lexus says it's supposed to be a December to remember. It would be a December to remember because we'd be in marriage counseling that December, right? So, uh, yeah, the December is, is, is the love month, I guess. But that's, you guys know I'm picking, and that's not, that's not the kind of love I want to talk to you about today. The, the kind of love I want to talk to you about existed before any of us. It existed in the garden when Adam and Eve touched their creator and walked with him in the cool of the day. It existed for thousands of years and it looked like law and it looked like ceremony because a loving God, instead of wiping his fallen creation off the planet, provided a way where their sins could be atoned. And then it showed up some 2,000 years ago when Mary picked up her newborn son and did what every mother on the planet's ever done, held him and kissed him. And for the first time in thousands of years, the creation could once again touch the Creator. So the love of God is not some sappy hallmark, some sappy Lexus commercial or some sappy song. 
the love of God that was displayed to us on that first Christmas is sure and steady and unconditional. See, the story that we talk about is not the feeling of love. I, I love that feeling, don't you? But that's not what we're talking about. It's the story of God's love in action. Displayed to fallen humanity who did not deserve his love. Who did nothing to earn it. But was shown it nonetheless. So I'm going to talk to you about four aspects of, what, of how we respond to God's love. The first thing, and if you're taking notes with me, I want you to write this down. The first thing we must do is accept God's love. And I'm going to take you to a passage of Scripture that many of you in this room uh, are, are very familiar with. You've, some of you, those of you who have been around the church a long time, have heard it all your life. It's John chapter 3, verse 16, and it says, For God so loved the world, God so loved the world, that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shouldn't perish but have eternal life and my what i want you to hear from me is that john 3:16 changed everything john 3:16 changed everything that god loved the world enough that he gave <laughs> and you and i maybe maybe you've heard that so often that you 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 hear the phrase John 3.16 and you can rattle it off in your head. And, and I'm wondering if that's, if that's not taken away from the significance of its meaning in our hearts and minds. I, I saw a, uh, a video with Tim Tebow. And if you know anything about Tim Tebow, when he, was, you know, when he played the game, he would wear this eye black underneath his eyes and he would write John 3.16 and, and, in the eye black and the, the first time, I, and I want to help me with the day, maybe it was early, maybe 2011, maybe? The uh, Florida Gators were playing in the national championship. And he wrote John 3.16. Do you know how many times that John 3.16 was Googled that, during that game? 90 million times. There were 90 million people watching that, watching that game that had no idea what John 3.16 meant. A few years later, he's playing for the Denver Broncos in a, in a playoff game, same deal, John 3.16, 90 million people, once again, Googled John 3.16. And you and I hear it, maybe, and, and it just rolls through our minds. And I wonder if we've not lost the significance of it. So I wonder if, if maybe we could take just a fresh look at it for just a minute. Look at, look at that phrase, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God so loved the world that he gave if, if I were an English teacher and I asked you to point out the action verb, what you may say is gave. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that that's not the action verb. See, if you've been around the church, you, you've heard that uh, when, when love is expressed in the New Testament, in the original language, there's, there's a word agape. Anybody heard agape? Yeah. And anybody know what that means? It's, a, it's an unconditional love. That's, that's not what that word is in John 3.16. It's not agape. Would you like to know what it is? Are you sitting on the edge of your seat? It's agapeo. 
You know what the difference is? Agape love is the thing. Agapeo is an action. It's a verb. See, the actual word in that sentence isn't gave. The actual word is, for God so loved. He gave. For God so loved. It's this word is, th- that word love, it, it's, you know, you and I, and we've had this conversation before. We throw that word around, you know, I, I love Mexican food, you know, whatever. I love the Georgia Bulldogs. Come on, somebody, you know. Not the same word. For God so loved, it's an, it, it means that God unconditionally expressed his love to the world. Listen, at the right time, in the right way, for the right reason. So if we were to read that again, maybe if we were to put it in our own words, it would say it like this. This is how God expressed his love toward the world. Unconditionally, at the right time. In the right way, for the right reason, he gave his only son. See, John 3.16 doesn't tell you how God feels about you. John 3.16 tells you what God did for you. He expressed his love the right time, the right way, for the right reason. So what's your response? What do you do with that? Well, Dwayne, uh, you know, when I was 11, I knelt and said a prayer and accepted God's love. And I'm so thankful that you did. I was 14. Are we done? No. The Old Testament teaches us that the mercies of God are new every morning. So you know what I should do every morning? I should accept God's love new every morning, every moment, every day. Does it it still put you with a sense of awe that the creator of the universe, the God that spoke everything that is into existence, Does it still cause you to be in a sense of all that he loved you enough to give his own son? Does it still cause you awe and wonder that the God of heaven stepped out of heaven and into our world and and walked this dirt and breathed this air, not because he had to, but because he so I don't, I don't want that story to ever get cold. I don't want that message to ever get stale. I don't want to ever push that aside because I'm having a bad day or things aren't going the way I think they need to go in my life. See, it really doesn't matter what you're walking through today. John 3.16 changed it all changed everything Hmm. by the way i maybe you're here and you need to hear this god's not against you he is for you regardless of what you've walked through this year anybody had a tough year just let me see your hand had a tough year guess what 
I get it. I understand. And I'm not trying to belittle your circumstance. or your. All I'm trying to tell you is that regardless of what you've had to walk through, God is for you. And God understands where you're walking through. And God, even though you don't see him, is working in your behalf. I believe that with all my heart. So the first, the first response is we <coughs> accept God's love. And then we'll write this down. We'll experience God's love. I, I love this passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 8. Um, I, I can't read this passage without going back to 15-year-old Dwayne. Yes, I know, that was a minute ago. And hearing my youth pastor, big 300-pound man, quoting this passage with tears streaming down his face. Romans 8, 38 says, for I am convinced. King James reads it this way. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The love of God. The love of God. Want to guess what that word is? It's agape. It's a noun. It's a thing. The love of God. (laughs) It's not some cheesy Lexus commercial love. Something that hell itself can't stop. <laughs> but we must experience it. Let me, let me explain what I'm talking about with a little story. Okay, so um, my wife sometimes reminds me of things that I need to do because I'm 12. And a A few weeks ago, I went to a Georgia State Panthers college football game with a friend of mine. It was a little chilly. As I'm preparing to leave, my wife says, Honey, why don't you take this jacket just in case where you sit is shady and it's chilly? Because I'm 12. So I took the jacket, jumped in the truck. My friend and I went to to the stadium. When I I opened the door of the truck, it it was feeling kind of good. So I uh, took that jacket and I tossed it in the back seat. And remember her admonition to me, just in case where you're sitting is shady, God has a sense of humor. Because guess whose seat never saw sunlight the entire four hours we were there? And I sat there and froze. My wife is finding out about this right now. (laughs) So even though, and and the interesting thing is, the jacket that she tossed me, she had given me as a gift a few Christmases before. So my question is, how much good was that gift doing me in the back seat of my truck? None. It only works when I take it out, put it on. And I'm going to tell you that the love of God works. You've got to put it on. 
you got to live in it. you got to experience it. And, and listen, and, and I, don't, I don't mean this critically, and I don't mean this uh, in, in a judgmental way. I'm just going, we've been doing this a little while now, and I'm going to tell you what I, what I see so often is people recognize the love of God, but live life defeated and live life addicted, and live life in chains, and live life in bondage when you don't have to because the love of God has been expressed to you from Jesus. And unless you put it on, unless you live in it day after day after day, after, it's just like my jacket in the back of the truck. And so I, I'm going to tell you that if, if, you're, if you're not living and you're not experiencing the love of Christ, and I'm not talking about on Sunday when the band's playing. I'm not talking about uh, just when you feel good. I'm talking about day after day, moment after moment, in, in the darkest, deepest parts of your life, putting on that love of God that was given for you. God's love is our lifeblood, y'all. It's the oxygen in our lungs. But we, you got to put it on. <laughs> so we're going to accept God's love, and we're going to experience God's love. And then, you might want to write this down, we're going to return God's love. Yeah. Luke chapter 10, and, and if you've been around LifePoint, you've heard this passage a lot because it's one of our foundational verses that we use. There was a group of people that were asking Jesus, what's the most important commandment? Of all these 600 plus laws that are on our books what's the most important one and jesus answered them in luke chapter 10 he said these words you should love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself and we take that verse and we say that what's important for us as believers to love god love people but i want you to look again at that word you shall love the Lord your God. Hmm. So we talked about agape love, a thing. We've talked about agapeo love, an action. You want to guess what, which one that is? You should love the Lord your God. And Jesus isn't telling you how to feel about God there. This commandment is not for you to feel this commandment is for you to act. See, it's easy. I, I love God. I have the warm fuzzies in my soul. And, and uh, when, when the worship band, I feel it. Sometimes, sometimes if, if they dim the lights a little bit, the hair on the back of my neck will stand up. And I feel it. And, and, and while that's wonderful, I, 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 I love to feel. That's not what Jesus is telling us there. Jesus isn't telling you to feel warm and fuzzy about God. He's telling you to act. He's telling you to return the love of God that, that he showed you as a baby in a manger as a crucified Savior on a bloody cross. 
in an empty tomb, he's telling you to return that love, to return that action. For God so loved the world that he gave, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God. How? All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And my question is, is our love for God just a warm fuzzy? Or are we actively loving God with our lives? Have we, have we put our words into action? Are you, are you loving God with your devotion when you open His Word and want to know Him more day after day after day? Are you loving God by bowing your knee and talking to Him and letting Him talk to you day after day after day? Are you loving God with your attention by coming to church and, and being taught the Word of God and, and connecting with a community of believers and locking arms? Are you loving God by sharing your, your faith with a world that's dying and lost and undone without God? Are you loving God with your actions? See, loving God is much more than just how you feel. And God's what you do. James told us this way. Faith without works So what I'm going to submit to you today is that loving God is more than how you feel. Loving God is how you live your life. Man, I saw something so convicting. Um, you know, there's a lot of conversation about how how our nation's changing and how religious liberties are at risk. And, and I believe that, by the way. And the question that some, it was on one of the social media sites, and it said, if Christianity were illegal, would you be convicted? In other words, if Christianity were illegal, is, is there enough evidence against us that there would be an arrest warrant? Oh, that's convicting, isn't it? And see, I, I, you, you guys know me. I, I'm, not, I'm not that preacher that tells you that you can somehow earn your way into heaven. And if you knock on enough doors and you pay enough tithes and you, that somehow you'll get there. I, I need you to hear this and hear this clearly. Your, the work of salvation was complete on the cross. There's nothing you can do to earn it. The, you know, I don't care uh, what you do. You can't earn your way into heaven. You can't earn your way into God's favor. That is a gift provided for you by the death of His Son. But here's how we're going to return that love. See, it's, I, I'm not asking you to, to, to live your faith to earn your salvation. I'm asking you to live your faith in response to to what Christ has done for you. Oh, yes. Mm. <laughs> so, we accept God's love, we experience God's love, we return God's love, and then lastly, <clears throat> we share God's love. How many, how many know when you're in love, it shows? I'm, I'm a, I like pictures. 
So I got, I got all these digital frames. I got two in my office. I got one at home. And every once in a while, one of the kids' um, engagement pictures will pop up. My, my boys did it right. I was very, you know, Mikey in front of the Eiffel Tower proposed to Kelly. And of course, it was the one at Epcot in Orlando, but it was still, it was the Eiffel Tower. Matt, well, he didn't propose, but their engagement picture was in Honolulu or Hawaii, somewhere I've, somewhere I've never been. But I'm going to tell you that the engagement pictures are getting a little out of hand. You know, they're, they're making it a big deal, right? And, and, and there's, it's this big production. And, and, the, and the girls, oh, I'm so surprised. I'm like, did the 30 people standing around not give it away? And, all the, and the lights and the professional camera crew, did that not tip you off in any way? But, he, but here's what I, I tried to tell my boys and, and, and what my heart screams out when I see those engagement pictures. You, you think you're in love now. But you're not really in love until you go through some stuff. You're not really in love until you go through some stuff. Um, I, that's why I love to see people who've been married 20 years holding hands. Right? They might not be speaking to each other, but they're holding hands. <laughs> right? Action. That's right. Action. I'm, I'm just going to be real honest. Um, so, I, I've, it's been a weird week at the Lighthouse. Because Donna got sick, and then I got sick, and then she got sick again. Not been a lot of romance at the Lighthouse. In fact, we haven't been within 20 feet of each other very much the entire week because she's camped out in one part of the house and I'm camped out undercover. You know what that's like, right? But there's love there. I'm, I, I love it when I... Well, maybe I'm in, in the car with another couple that I've been married for a very long time, and I just, I, see, I just see somebody grab a hand. And I'm like, this is cool. I, I love when I'm riding down the road, and, and y you know when you first start dating, you feel like there has to be conversation every moment? And there comes a point when it's okay for there to be quiet. I'm riding down the road, and maybe there's a, a song playing, and I got my hand on, on my console, and I'll just feel her hand just drop on top of mine. Oh, stop. <laughs> See, when I first held her hand, it was like, I'm just trying to get some physical contact here. You know what I'm saying? At 17, I'm like, hmm. Now, 36 years later, almost, you, you, when I feel that hand drop on top of mine, you, you know what happens? My mind goes through all the stuff. Through raising two rebellious sons. <laughs> I raised two wonderful kids. I, I, and I pick on them, but through, through two miscarriages, through the death of her, of her mom to cancer, through both of my parents' death, through, through ministry changes and, and turning our world upside down, I, that's there. 
And it's easy for me to stand here and share that with you because it's what I've lived. It ought to be easy to share the love that God's shown you because you've been through some stuff. It ought to be easy for you to tell, uh, you know, listen, Dwayne, it's hard for me to share my faith because I don't know the Bible. Well, learn it, first of all. Secondly, you know what? People are going to argue with you on the Bible all day long, but they can't argue with my husband was addicted and Jesus saved him, and now we're good. They can't, I, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is just as it's easy for you to share about the love of your spouse or the love that you have for your children or your, or, or, or your, or your grandchildren or it, it, the love that we are returning to Christ ought to flow out of our spirit just that easily. First John chapter 4, verse 9 says, this is how God showed his love among us. Listen, listen, y'all. Just listen to this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now listen, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So I guess my question for you is, what's that going to look like for you this Christmas? Are you going to express your love in, in, the, in the trinkets that we buy? That's important, and I do it, and you're going to do it, and it's important. Hmm. What, what if that's our message? Let, let me read one more passage, one more, one more verse to first john uh, let me read verse 12 you know we just read dear dear friends since god so loved us we also ought to love each other looks at what verse 12 says no one has ever seen god but if we love each other man you got to get this but if we love each other god lives in us and his love this is the part i want you to get his love is brought to full expression in us in other words, this story of God's love that, that, that we've been talking about over the last few moments, it's brought to full expression when you and I take the love that God showed us and give it away to a world that's desperate for it. That's how it works. Hmm. That's a little deeper than some sappy carol or some hallmark movie it really looks like this the love of christ we find it look at somebody and say find it look at somebody else and say hold it look at somebody else and say give it away find it hold it give it away all right so i'm going to give you four things really quickly to to, to help help seal this in your hearts and i was i was asking the lord lord how, how can i how can, I, how can I sum this up in a way that, that people can take it home? Because listen, if, if all you do is come here and, and agree and nod and laugh, that, that means something, but I want you to take this home with you. So I, this may seem silly, 
This is how the Lord gave it to me, so this is how I'm going to give it to you. What if the love of God was a gift under your tree? What, what are you going to do with it? Now, now just think about it. The first thing you're going to do, you're going to open it, right? Now I hear you. You say, Christmas is the gift of giving. And it is, isn't it? But if you got a package under your tree with your name on it, you're going to open it, aren't you? And, and while you're tearing it up, you're hoping what it is. Oh, I hope it's that new deer rifle. I hope it's whatever. <laughs> I'm going to open it. Now, uh, as you know, we, our, our, our kids are, are grown now. But when they were young, and we kind of still do this. Is, it, tell me if you guys do this. Is you, you have the people in your family open their presents and make them open the best one last. You do that? And, and so for years and years and years, their first present was always socks and underwear. And Matt hated it. He's like, just give it to us. We don't have to open it. It's not really a present. And see, what they don't know is on the lean years, you go to Walmart and you buy the six-pack, open it up, put three in one box, three in the other. And one of them was always like, man, these are bigger. These are... Swear them, son. But it doesn't matter what's under that tree, right? You're going to open it. And I'm going to tell you that if the love of God, don't let it just... Don't let it just be a baby in a manger. Don't let it just be a sappy Hallmark movie. Find it and open it. And then you're going to unbox it. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever gotten one of those presents and the, the moment you got the wrapping paper off it, you're going, I will never use this. Never left the box. We used to go to my grandmother's house for a, for a uh, you know, Christmas party every year. And since she passed, we don't do it anymore. But we would always draw names. And, and the cousin that you hadn't seen since last Christmas would buy you a present, right? And I remember I was there. It was one of Donna's first Christmases with my family. And my cousin bought me a present. And it was a sweater. And it was a medium. And I'm like, I, I hadn't worn a medium since kindergarten. pre-k maybe i don't know and so you get those presents and you're just like i'm just i'm never going to use this and it never leaves the box man i'm going to tell you oh, every day experience the love of god his mercies are new every morning open up every day by having a conversation with your savior open up every day by let him not just be a baby in a manger or an angel on a tree. Let him be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So you're going to open it, you're going to unbox it, then you're going to give thanks for it. How many know that even, even the, the sweater that didn't fit, you know what you're going to say? Thank you. You don't mean it. What if, what if every day before we complain about the price of gas and before we complain about all this going on, what if every day 
What if we started every day just like this? Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your only son into this world. Thank you for purchasing my salvation when I didn't deserve it, when I didn't earn it, when there was nothing I could do that was, that, that was of any use to you whatsoever. Thank you. Thank you that if I'd have been the only person on this planet that would have needed a Savior, that you'd have sent him just like you did. Thank you. Here's another question. Ever re-gifted a present? And you gotta, you gotta make sure that whoever you re-gifted to didn't know the person that gifted it to you to begin with. How about this? How about this is a present that it's okay to re-gift? Bow your heads. In the quietness of this moment, here's what I'm going to ask you. Are you experiencing the love of God? Is he more to you than a baby in a manger? Is he more to you than a Christmas carol? or a movie, or a tradition, or a present, is he more? And, and if he isn't, in this moment, here's my challenge to you. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. And the Bible says that God has a plan for your life. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And the Bible says that before, he, before you drew a breath, that God knew you and formed you and destined you. So my challenge to you this morning, if you're not living actively in the love of God. You're not experiencing it on a daily basis. To ask God to forgive you of your sin and to reveal to you his purpose and plan every day. Maybe you're here and you've had a tough year. Some of you raised your hand. I, I get it. Here's what I believe the word of the Lord would have you to hear. The spirit of the Lord would have you to hear. You, you've prayed prayers and, and, and maybe your eyes hasn't, haven't seen what, what you've been asking God for. You need to understand that he's not forgotten you. He's not forsaken you. That he loves you and he understands where you're at. And he is working all things together for your good and his glory. So what I'd like to do this morning is, is pray for you. So if you're here and you just say, Dwayne, 
want you to pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you. You just say, Dwayne, I, 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 need, I need the help and grace of God this morning. I need to experience His love, not right now, today, in this moment. I need to encounter the love of God. Who am I praying for? Just slip your hand out so I know I'm praying. Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, wow, what a good God you are. Lord, I am in awe of your majestic and wonderful love for us. So before I ask anything of you this morning, thank you. Thank you that you loved us enough to express that love on the cross of Calvary and a Bethlehem manger and an empty tomb. So we thank you for that. God, I pray you cover men and women, teenagers, young adults and old today with your grace, your mercy, and your love. We accept your love. We experience your love. This morning with our hearts, we return that love to you. And God, during this Christmas season, give us courage and grace to share that love with a world that so desperately needs it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You got something going on you want us to help you pray about? Jot that down on your connection card. Drop it in that box on your way out. We'd love to pray with you. Hope you're here tonight for our Christmas party. It's always, always, always a fun, fun, fun time. We'll, we'll meet over there. We'll watch the kids do their, their deal. And then we'll come over here, just hang out together, have some food, some fellowship. Love to see y'all here. God bless you. Have a great, great, great afternoon. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise.